I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This week on Feel Good Friday, are you missing the cremated remains of a loved one? Another reason why you don't fuck with MRI machines. Kidney stones are coming for your children. Peeing in the shower isn't all that it's cracked up to be. And we get some feedback about asexuality. Oh, I really popped that I last one. I know, I really... I got excited and could tell I was running out of time. Oh, guys, I am excited to be here with you today. Yeah, we missed you last week, right? Lots on cremation, eh? Lots on, like, lots on remains. Yeah. Just, like, in general. Like, yeah. um, you know, things that are happening with remains. Uh, like, in, um, uh, do you mean in this particular episode? Or just Lately. in our Lately. show in general. Yeah? yeah. What what else did we talk about about remains recently? Uh, we talked about the guy at the at the Harvard Morgue who was oh, yeah. stealing faces and stuff. Yeah, I guess well this is a little bit different. It's definitely not as um uh as Grotesque. like yeah, as evil. Um, but there's definitely um an issue here. Wanna, you wanna give me that? Thanks. Um the USPS. <laughs> well, one of my favorite cycling teams of all time. The United States Postal Service. Um, I didn't actually know this. So the USPS is the only legal way for people to ship cremated remains. So you couldn't do it through Amazon. Mm. You couldn't do it through... That makes sense to me. DHL, Purolator, FedEx. It's only the US. Brian knows his fucking logistics services. I do, yeah. He he really really does. I love, you know, couriers. Yeah. I'm just a big fan. How do you feel about Kai now? What's that? I don't know what that is, but I know what T Force Distribution and Logistics is the last mile distribution and logistics service right. in here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi, now is uh, is uh, am, is Alibaba's uh, distribution service. That's really this is riveting. Well, one thing I'll tell you is that they aren't allowed to ship cremated, and it makes sense to me because. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service is a federally federally regulated government agency. And uh, I imagine that there are regulations federally that limit um, that that basically say like, well, if you're going to be able to have to ship this, it's going to have to go through a government body, and so then that's why you get the USPS that is a uh, that is able to uh, you know that's my that's my assumption. I bet it's the correct one. <laughs> Sweet. Um, All right. So what was the next thing we were going to talk about on today's? Yeah, because like fucking we zoom right through it because <laughs> I nailed it already. Um, I uh, wasn't joking about the cycling team. Uh, Lance Armstrong used to ride for U.S. Postal Service, and I have a 2001 bike frame that has U.S. Postal Service decals all over it. That's really sweet. Yeah. Well, I was going to say how the USPS has currently, right now, as we record this, 452 wayward cremated bodies. <laughs> oh, God. That seems like way too many. Even though the U.S. Postal Service is a gigantic organization that is... Uh, you know, even though I'm a logistics expert, I don't know how many packages are flying around the country at any given time. Wait, but wait, Jared, do you mean 400? Do you say 475? 452. 452. Do you mean 452 cremated 
packages of cremated remains are currently in real time lost right now? Yes. Now, here's the thing. That's a lot. I get it. USPS has to be the ones to do it legally because we all know that if we had, you know, I'm not going to name it, but like, let's say a company that rhymes with Amazon and they're delivering packages, you know, you don't like, you don't want, you don't want your dead grandma to show up this way at your house, you know, where the guy shows up and just (laughs) fucking tosses it. And then you got to toss it back and go, are you fucking serious? Dude, and then the guy gets out and goes, well, your Nana's here. Dude, take this Nana is, back. So funny. This is amazing. Um, so, so That's of course, not real. so, so of course, uh, um, for people that are just listening, we just watched a video of a Amazon, sorry, a, a delivery, a delivery service rhymes. Allegedly. Like Amazon just tossing a package onto someone's deck while they were there. Um, so the USPS uh, has 452 packages filled with, the cremated remains of individuals, and it can't identify them, uh, including one that's been there for more than eight years, according to a report by the USPS Office of Inspector General. So like I said, they're the only legal way to ship cremated remains. And at least in theory, the USPS has very strict procedures for handling such sensitive and irreplaceable packages. Remains must be shipped via Priority Mail Express. That's a cash grab. I never go for tracking or insurance. And they have a giant orange sticker attached to the side of the box. Um, this the sticker used to be teal, just FYI. So maybe, maybe that's where it went wrong. They switched the color. Not enough fucking info went down through the through the chain of command. And so, you know, these these fucking ding-dongs here driving up, they're like, that's just an orange sticker. These are big organizations, guys. And honestly, I feel like big corporations get a bad rap. Um, so they're, they're also supposed to be handled differently, um, than other priority mail express packages. They're actually supposed to be handled like this. Here's another video of, uh, a guy delivering a grandma. For those of you just listening, we watched the same video three times in a row. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just an Amazon driver and a, and a, and a recipient just throwing a a package back and forth. Honestly, that's, I'm building a PC right now and I just ordered a bunch of parts and I, and one of my parts came like it was that like that was oh done really like yeah. somebody had oh, played no. had played uh, it soccer came with in it? pieces in the box how and i funny, just had to send it back how funny would it be if you were waiting for your graphics card and you ended up getting a package from usps and it was just a bunch of ashes <laughs> yeah oh i mean it would be a good story it would Ryan, be how hard is it for you to mention your computer without telling us all the details about your computer <laughs> super hard very actually. similar to, to when yeah. uh, brian started doing crossfit i have i have, um, guys i have dreams at night that that in those dreams, I tell you about my See? computer or AI point. or anything like that. And, and we care. And you're dream. actually interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. So uh, the report uh, that the USPS did, um, uh, however, found that some or all of these procedures are not done between 28 and 50% of the time. That's a big percentage. Um, and I, what I mean by that is the giant orange sticker, the, the, you know, the remains being shipped particularly through Priority Express. Um, and so... This could go some way towards explaining how, uh, like I said, 452 cremated remains uh, ended up in a USPS warehouse for lost packages. And according to the report, as of February 27, 2023, the MRC, Mail Recovery Center, has, again, 452 undeliverable and or unidentifiable cremated remain packages. And the oldest one's been there since February 24, 2015. Wow. Um I mean, I guess which is kind of interesting. Like, don't you think? 
don't you think that if you were wait, like, okay, I'm waiting for a package right now. I bought a suit for a wedding. I'm waiting for the package. And yesterday they were like, we, we made an attempt to deliver your package. But, uh, um, and so we just left a, a slip, but there was no slip, right? I looked, I was like, oh, there, there was no attempt. So my next thing is, well, I need this suit for the wedding. I'm going to call Canada Post and figure out where the fuck my package is. You would think that like, if you were expecting a package, say of, of such your importance. dead father, that was sent from, I don't know, a, a funeral home like in Fort Lauderdale. See, and you live, you live in like, you live in Colorado and it doesn't arrive. Don't you think you'd be calling people up to go? Totally. But that's my question. Who's sending dead remains? Because I would, like that, I would I say mean, funeral homes. It would be but, my guess. Yeah, but, I think it's probably, I, would, I, I, there's, I don't think there's many much reason to think that that's not a common thing. It, no. Okay. <laughs> but, but my thought is, is I agree with you, Jerry. Like if you uh, are, if you are waiting for a package of your like loved one, dead loved ones, cremated remains, you would follow up. So my thoughts is that like those packages that are missing are like these different sort of cases of like, you know, I'm going to send, I'm going to portion up um, uh, my dad's uh, ashes and send uh, part of them to my brother. You know, like he lives across the country. So like, I'm going to send them to him over there and I send them to him, but like we're strange. So like, we don't really talk. So like I put them in the mail we're not communicating. And then like, maybe he doesn't follow up because he doesn't even know I sent them. Right. Or, or it's the case. That's of, a very specific, a very specific. Yeah. That's very specific <laughs> and not true, but also how's your dad? I, I mean, I didn't even know. Um, or, or it's, or it's a case of, you know, how many times, I mean, I, f- I found this happened during COVID a lot. Um, prior to COVID, I really wasn't one to like actively be, um, ordering packet like ordering things online when COVID hit i, I found i was doing it way more dude, how satisfying is a, it dude, waiting for a package, it's a right? national pastime right <laughs> now here's the thing when when it became more routine to be regularly expecting something to come in the mail there was a couple of times where like maybe something was delayed or hadn't come in and i completely forgot about it thank goodness for like the shop app you dude, know where i can like shop, I can, app. shop app rocks right rip so so I wonder, like, what if someone's listening to this right now and we're talking about this story and they're like, oh, my God, February 24th, 2015. I was supposed to receive my Nana in a box and I'm just realizing right now I never fucking got it. So if that's you, that would be crazy. You could call the USPS and they're going to tell you we can't. Sorry, (laughs) unless you want to come down to this warehouse that we have, apparently that just just fucking full of boxes of dead bodies that have been burned to a crisp. You're going to have to come down here and you're going to have to open every one and you're going to have to like do the Smell thing test. that you do with cocaine where like you dip your finger in, you rub it on your gums to <laughs> see if it's like Nana or not. You know? <laughs> no, how what do you, you identify this? It's like, I'll, can I'll you, tell you can how. You gene- think, yeah, can you genetically? No, so you take your hand identify? and you and you do what Jared did with Bigby's ashes is you, you reach into it and you let the um, ashes sift. sort of sift, sift. through your yes. fingertips until you feel a piece of metal that is grandma's hip replacement. Right. right. And then you go, that's the same that's hardware be that grandma. they It's got to be my grandma. Yeah. And that's the process. And then, yeah. the, and then what we're left yeah. with at the end is a whole bunch of people who died who never had surgery that required uh, screws and metal. Well, that, yeah. at that point, that's when you're going to have to snort them. Yeah. To figure it out. <laughs> that's right. Uh, 
What an interesting conundrum. So <laughs> while while rare, uh, they say while rare, it is not unheard of for packages containing remains like any other package to be just de- delayed or lost. Sometimes the result of illegible writing or non-existent delivery addresses. Other times packages end up there entirely by mistake. Packages sent to the MRC are held for 60 days if it has a barcode, then scanned to determine if the contents have a value greater than $25. So if so, they're auctioned off to the Go, uh, the GovDeals website in lots. Um, otherwise, it donates wow. items, recycles them, or trashes them. How often do you think? Wow, imagine how many... How many uh, grannies worth sub twenty five were just discarded? <laughs> how do you, yeah, how like, do you value? What, what do you, yeah, your how grandma? do you value? Yeah, what do you? What's the value of like you know? I mean, let's, I guess it's, I suppose it depends on what that hip replacement was made of. You know uh, what? Total, total, total aside, <laughs> kind of off topic, but actually in a real, in a real, actually like super interesting way. <clears throat> there's a movie. It was oh, it was like just okay. Michael Keaton, I believe it was Michael Keaton, is a uh, a lawyer at a law firm. Right after nine, uh, he's a lawyer at a law firm, like a partner at a law firm. Oh yeah, Beetlejuice. And, I love this movie. Yeah, and I think it's called it's called I think it's called Value of Life, and I believe that's what it's called. And he's at a, working at a law firm in New York City. Nine Eleven happens, and then his law What's firm. What's that? What's nine eleven? And then he's uh, and then he is. Oops, I forgot. His law firm is is contracted by the government to determine the payout value to all the families that were like affected, like had a loved one who died in one of the planes or in one of the buildings at uh, one of the, one of the trade center buildings. And it's just like a really crazy, like roller coaster of like this horrible event that happens and this like huge death toll and emotional toll on everybody um, like far reaching, like well beyond just the people mm-hmm. that like died and going, what, like what, what do the airlines or like insurance companies like what is owed to you in a monetary value? How do mm. we place like a monetary value on life? Okay. It's actually, it, it, although it was just an okay movie, the premise was pretty incredible. So, so my question and is, it was a real story for you guys. Like if you were, um, showed up at the post office and you have a box of ashes and you go to mail them and, uh, you're filling out like whatever forms you have to fill out there, or filling in the address and information to be able to send that. And you get to that line item. That's like value of goods. Or value of whatever's in the package. Priceless. What do you? What it's a Mastercard do you, commercial. What? What would you? <laughs> what would? You, what would you fill in if you were sitting there, like, you know, filling that in? Well, um, I, there's a podcast that I listen to um, that, if you are at all familiar with like horror or true crime, you've you've most certainly heard of it. It's called The Last Podcast on the Left. And they do an episode every Wednesday called Side Stories, where they're t- it's basically our our it's their version of of FGF. So it's it's two of the three hosts, and they're just kind of talking about the weird and wacky news under the sphere of like true crime. And one thing that they've covered, I mean, countless times over the last few years of of them doing this this segment, um, is people who hire out hitmen to kill their arch nemesis or their partner or their co-work colleague or something. Yeah. Um, and the, th- the, th- the, the, the sort of running like joke is like these, these fucking ding dongs, every single one of them, uh, you know, s- hires a hitman and gets caught. Obviously the hitman's a cop because hitmen actually <laughs> don't exist. They're all police officers. Right. So, so, but here's the thing. 
the, these people are hiring people to, to kill the, their, their loved one. And when it comes down to the price of what it costs to kill someone, mm-hmm. more often than not, the people who are applying for a hitman and the hitman's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for seven grand. Those are the hitmen that are likely going to end up getting you put in jail because seven grand is not so you're enough. Saying, that's not enough. You're so saying what the I'm price saying, you pay I'm determines s- whether or not you're going to go yeah, to jail. Yeah, you get what you pay right. for. Right, and so what yeah. I'm saying is if you get a hitman that's like, yeah, I'll do it for $80,000, well, then you probably, you probably found a legit hitman. Yeah. So You buy cheap, you buy twice. To that, or you go to jail. To that point, a box of a, of a, of, of a dead person's ashes... I think you got to scale it up the same way that you would be looking to hire a hitman. But what do you 50 put? Fifty to eighty thousand dollars minimum. <laughs> what do you put? What do you actually? But then write you got to charge. But then you got to pay for the insurance on that, and that's you know not that's not mailbox. What do you, <laughs> Taylor? What are you putting in that in that field? I put eighty grand. You put eighty grand in the ashes for the ashes. If it was Kira, I'd put hundred and eighty grand. <laughs> if it was Donut, I'd put. This is on 50, record. Fifty grand. Okay. <laughs> if it was one of you guys. <laughs> Wait, I mean seven grand. <laughs> oh come on, we're 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 tied. We're, our I want to see what happens. Tied up in business. I want to see what has a value, I, but I want to see what happens to it. If Taylor, it's you guys, you I'm put, like, let's just put? see where it goes. Where I mean, really, I think if somebody if, if if it was like if it was like required field, like you can't send yeah, this you, unless you fill this out, I would put priceless. I put zero dollars, like a like like a like a prices right type approach. <laughs> but uh, but I, I mean, mean I, think, I, I think your I think your choice is the most logical because it's a box of of chalk right exactly yeah and it, and it doesn't mean that it that like for mailing purposes it doesn't mean that you're valuing your loved one's sure. life and those memories zero and dollars slash emotionally priceless yeah right sure you can put that as a caveat yeah asterisk okay but yeah. do you think if you put 80 grand it's going to be handled with more care or it's just likely to end up getting <laughs> I think nothing gets more. handled nothing gets handled with more care unless like something that I have done in the past is you put a little you put you you tape a little note onto the side of the package or in my case a bike bag and you say dear anybody who's handling this this really means a lot to me i would appreciate the utmost care and you are really taking care of my emotional mental and physical well-being if you take care that's of this a, thing in a really great way and no. i appreciate every i appreciate your 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 understanding no that. that's a that's a gamble dude because you, like you're gambling with the fact that 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 you think that somebody might be emotionally touched by that letter but the people who are like overworked and are just fucking pissed and they're like you don't think I'm doing my job yeah. well enough? Yeah. Fuck you and they just they just smash your bike. Have you guys have you guys seen anyway. have you guys okay. seen this? Interesting. <laughs> this video here? This guy just See? throws the box. The problem with this guy is he didn't put the note on the box. And this guy this throws is, the box back. This is the fourth time we've watched it. If, if he had put the note on the box, <clears throat> that driver would have said, I, I, I'm going to put this, I'm going to place this with care on your porch. I am curious. Like, it, it is, I, I didn't think about this till right now, but you know, like, the, we have spent 20 minutes. It's fucking great. On this. this is it's great. actually wild. It's great. I, because I don't have anything else prepped. Um, uh, how many times? So, okay. So, we're, so, this will be hard because you already have the info, but let's say I, I started this whole segment off by saying, if you were to hazard a guess, how many, how many boxes of crema- cremated remains do you think the USPS has in a warehouse that have just been, have gone undelivered? Yeah, 452. What would have been like your, what would have been your, your sort of, your guess if I was just to like throw that out there? I think I would have said like 10,000. Yeah, I would have said something way higher. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah, I probably would have gone higher. I mean, I, I guess it depends. Like at first I thought you meant like in real time, this is how much we have like currently, but it's like it's a rolling number. Yeah. I mean, um, this is like since 2015. Yeah. So, so that's quite low. So, okay. Honestly. Then, and we're not going to go anywhere with this. This is just the, how we're going to end this segment. Okay. How many porch pirates do you think have accidentally stolen a box of cremated remains? I mean, 37. I, yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think Brian's bang on. Since 2015, February 2015. Oh, no. I was going since 2000. But um, so, yeah, <laughs> six. Six? So, yeah. Yeah. It's decreasing. Sure. Now, yeah. what do you think the reactions are? To the porch pirate who opens that, should we should should well, we act? I mean, out? like if it, if, if, if if it's a if it's a package that Mark Mark Rober uh, put together, <laughs> you know what happened? They you open that box bombs. and they just got fucking blasted in the face with like if, the entire box of ashes. Shards spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, let's move on. Uh, I have one question. Sure. Just before we move on, <laughs> so considering. That 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 guy's YouTube channel. Uh, I've seen it, but I'm that's his guy. name, Mark, Mark Rober. Yeah. Rober. For people who don't know, Mark Rober is a famous YouTuber, former N uh, NASA uh, engineer, and he he a few year, he does this annual video every year. It's fucking amazing, but it's this annual video um, where they basically set up these boxes to be stolen by porch pirates, and that but the boxes they they sort of kit them out to be these unbelievably booby awful booby traps that cover your entire wherever the box is opened everything in you know in 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 a 400 square foot radius is going to be covered in glitter the whole area is is sprayed with stink fart bombs um uh, it, it it starts to screech this like siren that it's going to self-destruct it, it's a it, it is and the whole thing is just rigged with cameras so you just see the reactions of these Really sad people that are, that are you know resorting to stealing. It's incredibly now, satisfying to now, watch. Though. It really okay, is. Okay, so notwithstanding the um, major uh, not worth at risk of putting something dangerous in a box and like having it be mishandled by a totally innocent person, but let's assume that you could do that and uh, put something in a box like shards of glass or whatever, and you pulled off one of these rigs and somebody stole it and then it exploded in their face with a bunch of shards of glass and fucking took their eyes out and all sorts of gnarly shit. Are you in trouble? I don't know. You as the person who set up the booby trap? Yeah. I mean, if it hurts it, the person you are. I think it comes is down it? to intent. I think so. Because if your intent was for it to be stolen and that could be proven, then you were intending to cause harm. Yeah. Um, okay, if yep. they, I had this if, thought the other day. Yeah. I, I, someone broke into my car and, 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 and rummaged through it and left a huge mess. And uh, I remember thinking, man, what if I just like set my car up so that the next time someone rummaged through it like that, it they, just explodes. It, yeah. Yeah. I was like, there was just a fucking small stick of TNT that just blew their hands off. And then I thought, well, I guess I'd get in trouble if that happened, you know? Yeah. I mean, plus people yeah, who are resorting maybe. to that, you know, like my thoughts is if they're going to break into my car and, and steal five or $10, then they need it that bad. No, but they here's, have it. here's my problem with that. Brian thinks that they have trauma. And there were, there was, there was, there think was, that. There I was, know that. There were seven loonies and not a single loony was touched. That's not enough money. You need to give them more. <sighs> you should put bills. Yeah. You should yeah, bills, bills laced with arsenic. <laughs> Is that now we're talking? Did they take anything? No, they didn't take anything. 
<laughs> I just wanted to make a mess in your just, Yeah, I just wanted to fuck my shit up. That's why I leave my do- I leave my car door open so that it's like, yo, fucking rummage around in the nothingness that isn't worth nothing <laughs> and don't break my window. Well, yeah, so now I just leave all four doors open. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, a while back, we talked about a person who was getting an MRI and they had, I believe, a gun and the gun went off because MRI machines are... Magnets. Magnets. And magnets, and they're, they're magnets that are like uh, thousands of times stronger than a fridge magnet. Everybody knows magnets pull triggers. And so uh, here's another story of a patient who received major injuries after mistakenly wearing something. I saw this. While they went to go get an MRI scan. A fucking this glass butt plug. Now here not is a glass not one. Glass, a metal butt plug. Obviously. Let's not even, well. Well, let it, before we get into the story, it's a butt plug though. This is what I bet this sounded like. Okay, it's so it's way too obviously a butt plug. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> this is what I believe that MRI sounded like. Okay, listen carefully. This is the sound of the MRI. Okay, and then. <laughs> Did you make that entire yeah. sound? Just <laughs> yeah. I made that. Uh, yeah, that's really <laughs> accurate. So, or was that just the audio from the video? <laughs> of it One happening? unfortunate patient found out the hard way why you shouldn't wear metal during an MRI after a butt plug they were using shot through their body. Whoa! Now, like, wait, like a like not out of their butt, but well up now. Okay, so I'm going to put this out there. This is. Very similar to, the, there's been a couple stories that I've, I brought to the podcast that I was excited to hear when I read the story. Not excited because it, like, they're all awful. Um, so not excited because it happened to a person. But then I, I do some research and I find, oh, it's actually not true. This isn't necessarily not true. I just had a hard time actually confirming whether or not it is we, true. We but snopes it, it. We did. According to a post on Twitter... It, it shows the scan of a butt plug that caused, quote, major injuries uh, lodged high up in someone's body as a result of an MRI scan that, that went viral, uh, undoubtedly making many people clench in the process. Here is a photo that went with the Twitter oh my God. post. So if people are just listening. We're looking at an MRI image of someone's abdominal cavity. It's funny. They didn't have to get another MRI. And the butt, the butt, yeah, no, they, just this like, came from this MRI. It's like they needed an MRI anyway. So this it would be funny if it had like motion blur on it. Like you can kind of <laughs> yeah, see, see the, the movement. See the the traveled. So, so what we're looking at is like, like someone's body from their, I would say they're like the breasts down to the pelvis. And so you're getting all the internal organs and the butt plug looks like it's, just underneath the, the spleen or the lungs or something. Uh, either way, for it to go from the asshole to that spot means that they pretty much got Mr. Hands. Um, right. Like it would have had to, like it's, it didn't, it didn't like slither its way up. Oh, no. It went through the colon. It like bur- burst through the colon. In uh, the post uh, uh, by a Twitter user at Bradius Zero, he explained why you should, quote, never wear a butt plug to your MRI appointment. And shared the image that I just showed you. Alongside the image, a separate text message read, greatest personal injury case I ever heard. An estimated, uh, an, esteemed, an esteemed Valley attorney has picked up a client who is suing a sex toy company um, 
said client purchased a butt plug that was advertised as 100% silicone. Client wears butt plug to MRI appointment. Much to client's dismay, butt plug, in fact, has a metallic core. Butt plug is accelerated at the speed of sound into the client's chest cavity, described in a memo as an anal railgun. The Whoa. client survived with major injuries. No shit. Wow. Now, here's, mean, here's, the th- here's the part where, where this is the reason why I thought maybe this is fake. Okay. I didn't go to school. I'm not an engineer. I don't know physics that well, but I'm going to hazard a guess. If you have a butt plug in your asshole and it gets launched at the speed of sound through your body. I think that part. How is, was it how, just a little like, how is that not going to just go right up your gut and out the fucking top of your head? I think the speed of sound and railgun thing is like, if, if it's real, it's the law firm trying to oversell the intensity. Yeah. I'm also of, surprised that it didn't, that, that it, it went up in and through because like the MRI machine, if well, it depends if on where the mistaken, magnetic force is coming. That's from. right. Not, yeah. Could it, Okay. It, that's right. And then, so then the other thing I thought, because I just watched this really fascinating video uh, from Veritasium about, about magnets. When How you do they wa- work? When you watch, when you watch like Magic, super dude. strong magnets work, they make things move in a that way one. that is very unfamiliar to Is that the one where he physics. goes to the place and they've got like the hole? Yes. In the, and that's like, yeah. the, like the crazy, crazy magnet is like way down yeah. in that hole. So, yeah. So, so, so when I, when I looked at the photo, I was like, oh, then maybe. Not on like a butt. Maybe it shot through the ass and like fucking pl- like plastered down against the back of the person's body. And, and, you know, they had to like sort of peel that person out of the MRI. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, no, they they just pinned turn, him to it? No, they yeah, just yeah. turn the MRI off and then the magnet well, d- right. would go away. Right. Yeah, I guess they would turn it off. I mean, I, 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 at first when you said the lawsuit thing, I was like, come on, dude. This is obviously your fault. You were butt plugged to a fucking MRI. But also, probably no laws against wearing a butt plug to an MRI, although incredibly dumb and fucking stupid. Um, it's like, if I you, get it. I get it. I get it. Like you get the butt plug. You I get, get wearing it. the butt plug. Wearing a butt plug around. Not that I've done it. But you've like. But if I was into that. You heard from a why would, like, friend. If I, if I was into that. If like it. it like in another world. Like in another world. If were, I was really into butt plugs. Yeah. Right. I can totally see how it would be awesome to like. Like right now sitting doing this podcast. It's like. You could see how it would be great to be wearing a butt it plug. It feels really great to sit here and drink coffee and feel the effects of coffee. While we're recording, right. I so could imagine it would also feel really gr- great to just be sitting here recording with a butt plug in my butt being like, right. man, I feel great having yeah. this thing rammed up my, my butt. You I could have see a, how that could be. Right. But, I then, have, but then like to do the MRI, it's like, there's a time and a place. You know? There's a time I, and a place. I have a solution, guys. Um, a glass butt plug. Well, this is where the law. This is where the is the where the lawsuit comes in. Mm. The person thought that it was a non-metallic, fully silicone. Right, but you can't be sure with this, a silicone one because we got to buy two. We got to buy two, right? and you got to so, dissect one to make sure. Well, but if you yeah. just get a glass one, then you know because you can see through it, so you know you yeah. you can be sure that it is what it is. This also, sounds this also, sounds what, like a hindsight's twenty twenty kind of solution, Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also like, what did the person expect? You're getting an MRI. Like, did you? What's the kink? That they would see the butt plug. Right. Was the kink like, I want to get, I want, the, I want them to see it. And be, and like, I wonder if they'll say I wonder if they'll say anything. Yeah. yeah. That's like, I get that too. It. That's kind of, it's kind of hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get, I get, like, I get what it would be like to have those. You feelings. know what? Actually, if you think about it, what other scenarios are there in your life where you could 
discreetly wear a butt plug, but then also have somebody realize that you're wearing a butt plug. Uh, uh, church, uh, 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 a million dollar Catholic church, a million dollar on the line chess tournament. The Vatican. <laughs> That's true. Both of those are good answers. Um, but, but it's funny because that could be a good like if yeah. you were if that was your kink, this would be the place to exploit that. Yep. But the but but unfortunately, <laughs> that is what Ouch. happened. What do you so, what do you guys actually think that would feel like though to have <clears throat> to have a butt plug travel like a rail gun. But I feel it would probably feel very similar to what it had, what it's like to have a a horse shove its cock up your ass and go way too far. It feel like getting shot with a shotgun. And that shotgun is a horse's cock (laughs) from inside your butt. Yeah. And that that shotgun's a horse's dick. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody knows about Mr. Hands. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts let's move on uh let's the, i've got a couple of uh, i got a couple stories in here today that have to do with uh, pee i gotta pee dude that's crazy yeah so uh, i have to pee super badly well this is gonna make you have to pee more i gotta um i meant like i'm going yeah. to pee well here before you go pee uh let me in the very least give you uh, the the gist of the headline here so you know what we're talking about when we get back have you guys either have either of you guys had kidney stones in your life? No. no. Thank God. Me, me neither. Thank God. Um, I think that's like a diet thing. My dad well, didn't. He told me that. I, could be wrong about that. I love that you said that. For the most part, technically, it sort of is. But like it could could occur and randomly. From what we've known over the history of 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 the like the, the disorder of the disease, um, Kidney stones are, are, are more, mostly considered a disease of, of the, the middle-aged man. Mm-hmm. There's now an increasingly, uh, doctors are now increasingly seeing a different kind of patient suffering from the extremely painful condition, especially during the summer months, which are children and teens, and in particular, girls. I know exactly what it's from. Oh. Not drinking water? Interesting. Well... We're about to find out, but you go pee and I'll tell Brian and then you'll have to figure it out after. (laughs) Um, Kidney stones are, if you're not familiar, uh, are hard deposits of minerals and salts that can get caught in the urinary tract. Um, And they're now occurring in younger people, particularly among teenage girls, emerging data shows. Experts aren't sure why more children and teens are developing the condition, but I'm sure they speculate that a combination of factors are to blame, including, and before I say these, let me get your take. Um, well, so there's three, in, there's in, three causes that they're going in it's, younger, it's probably this adolescent girls. It's uh, social media and in boys, it's video games. And these are the reasons why I believe that to be true. violent video games. <laughs> no, and no, TikTok. No, 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 it's because, um, have you ever been like in a, in like a death scroll on, on like TikTok or Instagram 
Threads, and, actually. I was just on I was just on a death <laughs> scroll of threads. So so you know how like you can just be scrolling and like dopamine, dopamine, and yeah. and you and you just don't stop. Yeah. And during that time, how much water do you drink? None. Right. And yeah. so I think that like when kids were younger, before back in the day, I think that they spent more time outside running around, which then made them thirsty, which then made them drink more. Mm. And I think it's because they're dehydrated. Okay. So uh, to catch you up, Taylor, Brian, I haven't said the reason why we're thinking that a lot of kids are now experiencing kidney stones. There are, there, we don't know for sure, but there are... TikTok there, there, challenge. There is speculation. <laughs> there is speculation as to what it could be. Brian seems to think, yes, it has to do with TikTok. Social and, media and, and video, video games. games. Okay. Um, basically, what he said while you're out was that violent video games are just causing our, our kidneys to just like... Freak yep. the fuck out and cause stones, and then uh, and in t- terms of teenage girls, they're spending too much time on TikTok, not drinking enough water, and therefore are building up a bunch of mineralized deposits stones, in their deposits. kidneys. What do you think the reasons could be? There's three potential. There's three factors that they think this could be, and it's uh, and girls are more prevalent apparently. Interesting. Uh, birth control. It's a good guess. So what there's <laughs> what they're what they're the factors to blame they think uh, include diets high in ultra processed foods, mm-hmm. increased use of antibiotics early in life, interesting, and climate change. Mm. Is that like climate change is in? It's hotter and it's accelerating dehydration. That's right. Kidney stones uh, is a metabolic disorder, also known as nephrolithesis. Uh, nef- nephro nephrolysis nephrolithesis having sex with dead people <laughs> uh, necrophilia um, which uh, that occurs when minerals such as calcium oxalate and phosphorus accumulate in urine and form these yellowish crystals as small as grain of sand and sometimes as large as a golf ball ew I think um, I think I'm right some stones make their way out of the urinary tract with no issue but others get stuck blocking flow of urine and causing severe pain and bleeding in recent years, hospitals across the country have opened pediatric stone clinics to keep up with the demand, where children can meet with urologists, nephrologists, and nutritionists to get the care that they need to treat and prevent future kidney stones. Kidney stones in adults are linked to conditions such as metabolic syndrome, obesity, hypertension, diabetes. Quote, in children, we're not seeing that, said Dr. Gregory Tazian, a pediatric uh, urologist at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He said, quote, they're otherwise healthy and simply come in with their first kidney stone for unclear reasons. Much of the uh, nephrolithesis research in children in the U.S. has been led by Tazian and his colleagues and is focused on finding the cause. Clearly, quote, clearly something has changed in our environment that is causing the rapid shift. He says. Too much prime. About, <laughs> yeah. About too temp- much Amazon prime? Uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, um, uh, the Logan Prime. Uh, about 10% of the people in the U.S. will have a kidney stone at some point in their lives, according to the National Kidney Foundation. Hold on. What is Prime? I've seen this. Is it a drink? Yeah. yeah. It's, like a, it's like an energy. Logan it's like, Paul and Logan Paul's energy Gatorade. drink. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, which it has BCAAs, so don't let your kids drink it because I guess BCAAs aren't great for children. Now, Logan Paul is just a net negative, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So experts believe that kids were... So here... So the three that I said, which was ultra-processed foods... Um, Antibiotics, Antibiotics and, and, uh, dehydration. and dehydration. So diet. All right. So experts believe kids worsening diets may play a role. High amounts of sodium from potato chips, sandwich meats, sports drinks, prime, and packaged meals 
can cause uh, can force extra minerals into the urine that clump up into kidney stones. It's especially likely if a child doesn't drink enough water or drinks too many sweet beverages. Prime. Uh, high in fructose corn syrup. And it's like trying to dissolve sugar into a nearly empty cup of coffee. I feel personally attacked by all I gotta of those tell things. You, I got to tell you guys, right now, I know that we're all, I mean, well, I don't, I don't actually necessarily notice you guys drinking much water, like, overtly. I don't, like, notice it. I don't notice you not drinking. I don't notice you drinking. You probably don't with me either. But, like. You drink a lot of water. I notice it. Okay. I um, don't drink that much, and I don't think Jared drinks that much, even though he, maybe he tries sometimes. I mean, guys, do you see the amount of fucking, you open that recycling bin, that, there's probably, there's probably 80 cans of fucking bubbly in there. Right. Okay. Yes. So yes. You. Yes. You I, do, I drink. You I drink. Do, a, I, drink I do drink water, but I, I, I like water. literally almost exclusively carbonated water. Okay. So I drink exclusively coffee. Okay. So there's water and coffee. There's water yeah. and coffee. Better than not drinking water at all. So right. you need to drink more water. Definitely. I think the jury is relatively in on carbonated water being fine. You know, just as hydrating. Just, just, just hydrating. It's as just bad for your water. enamel if you're drinking too much like lime right. flavored stuff. So when I was a kid. I started drinking a shitload of water when I was about 14 years old and I, it had, it had to do with, it had to do with sports. Like something clicked where somebody was like, you got to be drinking a bunch of water. And so I started carrying around a, a Nalgene bottle and drinking like, you know, like a, a few liters a day. But up until that point of like being 14, never, like never had a glass of water ever. It's so boring. How did we, how do you survive? How, how do you, how do you, how do you become a person? Without drinking water. I don't understand. I did it. I'm sure we all probably didn't drink nearly enough water as kids. Probably spent a lot of time in the shower. And then just... Just you know, With your mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> throat, throat open. <clears throat> yeah. Like drinking gray water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well... Yeah, good question. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Um, I don't know what this is. Oh, right. Uh, this... So, yeah, right. So, so well, I'll get to this. Okay, so, so, good question. Don't know. Um, hot summers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Climate change. Uh, I think hotter. we just. I think we just saw like here in Canada uh, last week. I think was like the hottest couple days Glo- globally. Uh, yeah, globally. I guess. Uh, so the more hot and humid it is, the more you sweat and less you urinate, allowing minerals in the uh, to bond in the kidneys and your urinary tract. Um, children are especially vulnerable to heat. Dr. Christina Carpenter, interim chief of pediatric urology at the New York Presbyterian Morgan Stanley's Children's Hospital. Let's just shorten the name said that uh, she has already been treating more children with kidney stones in the summer. And studies found that the number of people seeking medical care for kidney stones increases as daily mean temperatures rise. Other research shows that the southeastern U.S., known as the kidney stone belt, has uh, as much as 50% higher prevalence of kidney disease than the Northwest. I mean, it makes sense if you think about, like, um, I mean, especially, I know you, you, you have your building. Great amenities, amenities, top-notch amenities, including one of which is a hot tub. You spend time in a hot tub, you got to be drinking water. Yeah, that shit, shit really? will. Oh yeah, yeah. You sweat. You sweat like a motherfucker in a hot tub. You just tub. don't really. You just don't feel. You the just sweat. don't really notice it because yeah. you're underwater. But like you're like raising your body temperature. You're just like you're getting rid of. You're getting rid of uh, of you know sweating. Are there other benefits to it? You know, like yeah. On your way to becoming hydrated, there's a moment where you're at peak physical health. Now, antibiotics may alter the gut microbiome in a way that favors kidney stone development. This is really interesting. I, I never knew this. So in 2018, uh, Tazian's team found that people who took 
any of five commonly prescribed oral antibiotics were associated with a 1.3 to 2.3 fold increase in the odds of developing kidney stones. The risk decreased over time, but remained high for up to five years after taking the medication. Now that blows my mind because I have taken lots. I almost guarantee you I've taken more antibiotics than anybody you know personally. I almost yeah, almost yeah. assuredly. 100%. I mean, I take azithromycin every day. But you, but your salt, but I've never had a single kidney stone in my life. You're but you're salt on azithromycin. Yep. yep. Like but a low dose or like a. I mean, do you have any idea? I guess you would probably. I mean, just like know. one pill of azithromycin. Jared, like, you, like for example, if you got, it's either gonorrhea, chlamydia, whatever, whatever the STI that they treat it with, um, they give you a much higher dose. Yeah, yeah. Than what I take right. daily. Yeah, yeah. But still, I take a fuck. I take it every single day. Totally. Yeah. But it's but crazy. for I you be because every single day. I because I don't. You have um sorry like salty skin. Does that mean that your salt comes out of your like skin of your pores in a way that it doesn't like? That's a fuck. That's a good question. That it doesn't just right th- right. So does, like, does the increased salt that I release prevent me from getting kidney stones like depositing in your kidneys? Right, instead? right. I, I wonder. I mean, yeah, I d- I'm not sure probably, that's yeah. how the body works, but yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, um, but I mean, a good well, question. Yeah, for, I mean, like you, you know, you have a you have a finite um. Um, sodium, of, sodium yeah. level, and if it's and in, 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 like you need more salt in your food, or at least you did. I don't know if you still do. That's why I mean. Yeah, that's that. why I'm drinking this. Uh, I, I should have said though. This whole episode is brought to you by G Zero, uh, d- uh, and uh, d- uh, Prime's bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, Gatorade. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I drink this shit uh, for the for the electrolyte reuptake. Like I mean, I like because mm-hmm. I you know. I go to the gym. You sweat. I sweat. I fucking. I, I mean, I sweat. Not got, even going to the you gym. You got mad post sweat. I dude. I I sweat forever. You know why yeah, though? Jer goes in the hot tub before, and he's sweating before he even starts the it's workout, and true. then he's just just doesn't fucking stop. boiling yeah. the entire time, and it doesn't. Jer comes in here and he glistens for about two and a half hours. I'm yeah. glistening right now. So uh, just I'll throw this out there for anybody who has young kids, particularly teenage girls, and they're kind of curious, but. Um, symptoms of kidney stones. According to the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Disease symptoms include sharp pains around the back, lower abdomen, and groin, pink, brown, or red blood in the urine, a constant need to urinate, cloudy or foul-smelling urine, irritability, especially in younger children. So keep an eye out for that and uh, make sure your kids are drinking water. There you go. Let's move on to more piss, shall we? Oh, actually, there, I did have this. So how cool would it be if, like, because getting kidney stones removed. It's like a video game. Ooh, it is. I mean, I don't know. But but from what I hear, don't it's not to, fun. Don't they try to they laser them? Yeah, they laser them out again. Don't they use like a, like a, like, isn't there a joystick in a, like a game controller? And they. Something like that. They target them and then they. They laser they, them they and sh- they try to blast them into passable yeah. chunks. But even though they do that, yeah. apparently the possible chunks. Oh, I'm sure, are still ideally painful. No as fuck. chunk. Ideally, no chunks. It would be great if um, you're looking for no chunk piss. Yeah. Do you guys remember that scene in the Avengers when um, when Thanos was like talking to his kidney stones? With all six stones, I could simply snap my fingers. They would all cease to exist. I call that mercy. <laughs> Which is mercy. I mean, like to to snap your fingers and have your kidney stones disappear, all six of them. I love that. that that's, that's. I love that we. You. I love that you had this 
piece of information in this article and then you were like you were like oh i remember that line in the avengers yeah that yeah vaguely resembles yeah what i would want to be able to do if i had kidney stones yeah <laughs> um let's move on to uh let's move on to the story about p doctor okay let me ask you guys this <laughs> If you guys think this episode silly, wait till next week. I, I, feel, like we're on it. I feel like we're really on it today. I feel next like, I feel week like is, we're, we're on a good, on a good tear today. Um, how, what are your guys' thoughts on pissing in the shower? Uh, oh, yeah. do it regularly. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Me too. This what are you guys' thoughts on peeing on your partner in the shower and not telling them? Uh, no, don't there, do that. I, I already know that you're like, this is a, a like a, like an odd kink that you have. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm uh, just curious. It's funny how you brag about I'm it just, though. I'm, when you come in in the morning I'm, and you're like, guys, guess what I just did? Just. <laughs> you're like, Kira didn't even notice. I was just peeing all over her feet and legs. Yeah. So, um, so apparently doctors are issuing a warning against peeing in the shower. Doctors? Yeah. Like on people or did, yeah, just, uh, in no, just in general? Yeah. Don't pee on people unless they ask for it or unless you can get away with it. Um, <laughs> uh, so do- doctors issue warning against peeing in the shower. This is actually interesting. When I first read this, I went, oh, fuck off. And then I started thinking about it. I went, well, I guess actually like this, it, I, it sort of makes sense. Whether it's about saving water or just being a bit lazy, there's no doubt that a ton of people use the shower uh, as a perfect opportunity to have a, a cheeky little pee. And while it may seem all fine and dandy, there are a number of reasons why you actually should probably stop doing it. I literally do it every single time so do I shower. I. Yeah. yeah, I would say 80%. Um, uh, urogynecologist, Dr. Teresa Irwin. I've never heard of it as a uro. Gynecologist. What's just, the difference between that and a gynecologist? It's just like a like a like a uro like a urology mixed with gynecology. Oh yeah, look at that. Urogynecology is a su- surgical subspecialty of urology and gynecology. Interesting. So what sets a what sets a urogynecologist apart from a a, a, a gynecologist? Possibly somebody that uh, specifically is looking at like urology from the perspective of female anatomy. Yeah. So you're, yeah. Urogynecology, a specialized field of gynecology and obstetrics that deals with female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery. Urogynecologists are doctors who diagnose and treat pelvic floor conditions such as weak bladder or pelvic organ prolapse. Very Mm. interesting. So it's the urogynecologists that are, that are speaking out about this. Uh, And one particular one, Dr. Teresa Irwin um, took to TikTok to um, warn her followers about the habit saying, you need to stop peeing in the shower. Quote, you don't want to do it all the time because what happens is every time you hear the sound of water, your bladder is going to want to pee because it's used to hearing the sound of water in the shower. It's kind of like a Pavlovian dog type thing. That's that's bullshit. Okay, that's what I thought. So, yeah. so whenever you're washing your hands, washing the dishes, your bladder's going to be salivating, so to speak, because it wants to go and pee. Pelvic floor therapist Dr. Alicia Jeffrey Thomas echoed this in her own video, highlighting that the habit can have other big con- consequences down the, lo- okay. down the line. Um, here so we go. We, if, just, we just nailed it in her video on a platform where she's trying to get followers. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, uh Perhaps, but and let's create kidney stones. I mean, in I, kids. I would like to reach out to our friend Stephanie, who is a pelvic floor physio, and get her thoughts on this because here's where here's where they go with this. Pelvic floor therapist, um, uh, Dr. Alicia Jeffrey Thomas, echoed the same thing. 
explaining why we shouldn't pee in the shower. She said, quote, if you pee in the shower or turn on the faucet or turn on the shower and then sit on the toilet and pee while the water is running, which I think we've all like I've, I do that. I don't like, do that. I understand. Like I, it's it's a well-known it's a well-known thing that like the sound of water brings about the desire. Mm-hmm. Pee, but can bring about. But the I've always pee. heard that, but I've never felt that to be true. And I pee in the shower all the time. It, I've uh, it, I've used it a number of times in positions where it's hard for me to pee. Um not that this was me, but like, you know, just thinking off the top of my head of something that like had nothing to do with me, but like, say you've, I don't know, like some random person out there one time took like MDMA, you know, illegally. I don't know who would do that, but like, say you're doing MDMA and then you go to pee and I'm guessing maybe with MDMA, like when you take it, maybe it makes it harder to pee. I don't know. But my guess would be that if you turn on the tab a little bit and you hear that, that it helps you pee. I could see how in that situation, um, if somebody had did that, yeah. that, that might be something that they might do to help with that. Now, but if I was in that me, situation, I would do that and it would work. For me, it wouldn't. Right. Um, this smells of, I've run out of content and I am <laughs> trying to make a square peg fit in a round. Okay, well now, so now let's come back to the thing that I want to run by Stephanie. Combo that, combo that, that sort of Pavlovian dog response, hearing water, the sound of water, the, the feel of water making you pee. Combo that with pelvic floor dysfunction, either now or down the line, which for, for people with vulvas, people with uteruses, I think is quite common, especially after giving birth or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super common. Um, when you combo that with pelvic floor dysfunction, it's going to potentially lead to some leak issues when you hear running water outside of the shower. So, it, so let's say that yeah, this is the case. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're okay. out fucking, you're out, uh, you know, it's the middle of the day. You've got your kiddos and you go to, and you're in Las Vegas and you go and you're like, let's go to the Caesar's palace. And you see the, you see the, 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 the big fountain there and they're doing the water show and it's spraying the water and you see that water spray and you hear it. And then all Hold of a sudden on, I gotta you go piss and you leak. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that would be an issue, right? Yeah. I, I mean, s- I, yeah. I, I, as, as, Somebody who has a partner who has dealt with post-pregnancy issues in this realm and, you know, pelvic floor strength and, um, you know, having, um, is it called incontinence? Yeah. 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 Um, Incompetence. I could see, I could see how it's like every little bit helps. Yeah. Because it's a fucking problem and it's hard to, and it's, and it can take a long time to get better if it ever does. Some people deal with it forever. But. Yeah, I feel like it's I, like a drop in the bucket. I could see how if you believed in that and subscribed to it, how maybe it could help. But to me, you know, like I think of all of the other times I run water while I'm not peeing and how yeah. how it's forgive me, forgive my pun, but it's just a drop in the bucket of like how how often you're hearing the sound of water and when you're actually peeing. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. I don't I don't buy this. I must at have all. had a Pavlovian response to you because I just said drop in the bucket. And you just said it right after. <laughs> um uh Maddie is like she wants to be a pelvic floor physiotherapist and and you know, I pee in the shower all the time and she knows that and she's never said to me, like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Hey, stop peeing on me. That doesn't mean that's not true. Yeah. Cover that course material. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So anyway, I guess uh jury's out. Jury's in. Okay. Um so Let's uh, let's wrap this up. I I, I want to wrap this up by saying a big shout out to a, a brand new listener who uh, sent an email in to us, and I want to read us pretty much the entire email. Um, they gave us some uh, constructive feedback, which I, I was really appreciative appreciative of. Okay. Um, 
I didn't, they said I could read the email, but, but I, but I, I didn't specifically ask if I could say their name. So I'll just leave their name out just in case. Sure. Um, but, uh, the person who's listening will know who you are. Um, they said, hi, Brian, Jeremy, Taylor, and team. I guess that's you, Donut. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine recently shared your podcast with me and this episode in particular, um, as, so the episode in question here is the episode that we did a few, uh, that came out maybe about a month ago, two months ago. And it was, it was, it was about, uh, asexual, uh, asexuality. Mm-hmm. We spoke with, uh, Alexandria who, who is asexual themselves and is a researcher in that field. So they said, a friend of mine shared your podcast with me uh, and this episode in particular, as I identify as an aromantic ace sexual, um, uh, arrow ace, lesbian. I also have depression and anxiety and I live with a chronic illness called POTS. Uh, so I can't wait to check out more of your episodes. That's great. Thanks. Um, back to the acing relationships episode. Though, uh, I both wanted to say thank you for exploring the topic of asexuality on your podcast and also offer some, some constructive feedback if that's something you're up to. Uh, sorry, if you're open to. As I'm sure you realize by now, asexuality and aromanticism and the spectrum of orientations that fall under these umbrella labels are not commonly well-known topics, so it's truly appreciated whenever someone makes an effort to learn about them or provide a platform for education. So there's so much great information discussed in the episode throughout your conversation with Alexandria. But there is also one aspect that I wanted to bring to your attention in the hopes that you'll consider addressing it in a future episode. Really great sandwiched feedback, by the way. You know, start with the positive, exactly. give the constructive feedback. Yep. I'm, I'm going to wait for the end with the positive too, but let's see. Yep. A common mistake made in discussions around asexual slash aromantic spectrum orientations is conflating one's sexual orientation with one's personal feelings about sex. Mm which can then also be conflated with cultural attitudes towards sex in general. A great way to break it down simply is that orientation equals attraction, while feelings about sex equal action. Here's a quick overview that will hopefully make this make more sense. Sexual orientation, who someone is sexually attracted to. As an orientation, asexuals don't experience the sexual attraction to anyone of any gender, but asexuality is also an umbrella term for a number of Other more nuanced labels and experiences, including demisexuality, gray asexuality, etc. Personal feelings about having sex, sex favorable, sex indifferent, sex repulsed. This is someone's personal feelings about engaging in sex themselves. And these feelings are not necessarily correlated with a specific sexual orientation. Cultural attitudes towards sex, so sex positive, sex neutral, sex negative. These are attitudes towards sex on a broader cultural or societal level. You can learn more about the differences between these three topics on the AVEN website. All that to say, in listening to your conversation with Alexandria, I felt like the I felt like asexuality was often being conflated with a person's personal feelings about engaging in sex. And this can be a harmful misconception. Some asexual pe- people engage in sex. Others don't. And some are okay with some sexual activities or acts and not others. Mm-hmm. But it is a nuanced topic, like most things, that will largely vary person to person. However, the categories above can be helpful for breaking it down more broadly in an attempt to better capture some of these different feelings and experiences, even if we will never capture 100% of everyone's unique experience. I, I think I, I think I kind of get this, and maybe I can uh, use an analogy to see if I better understand this. But it, w- it would be sort of like, um, you know, somebody who was born not liking sports and and uh maybe not liking is not the right word but but with no um 
with a <laughs> with a lack of desire to to play sports, but because of like cultural or societal norms, or because you know their choice of wanting to take part and have the experience of playing <laughs> sports, they may play sports anyway, but they don't have the nece- necessarily the desire to do so. So like in the example um, that was given, the the attraction is like born without the attraction um, under the asexuality spectrum. Um, however, they may choose to take part in sex or maybe sex repulsed, but those two things are different and it's important to distinguish between that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that, so just to continue here, the reason I wanted to bring this to your attention is because I believe it is important to speak to these nuances as they impact the general perception of asexuality and what it means for someone who is asexual to date or be in relationships. I've learned that sex is an important part of an intimate relationship for mo- most allosexual folks. Allosexual would be like us, uh, in a term that simply means um, the opposite of asexual, or meaning people who's, or meaning those who do experience sexual attraction. And I wouldn't want the misconception that asexual folks do not have sex to influence someone's decision to date or not date an asexual person without right. knowing that person's personal feelings on engaging in sex and having the types of conversations you would with anyone you are getting to know in the context of dating or beginning a new relationship. So, so based on like the recent conversation that we had to use the, um, to use the sports analogy, like the absence of desire yes. to play sports, but you know, they may still be a person who plays sports. And so if you're making your decision, if you want them on your team to play your sports ball game, then you have to realize that just because they were born with the absence of desire to play sports, maybe they still want to play on your team. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so, so to, I mean, sorry, what's sports ball? Sports ball. You know what sports ball is. I, uh, I, if it, for people that aren't uh, aware, this week, this past Wednesday, we released an episode with, um, with a person from France named Elaine. And they have a podcast called Free from Desire. And they are uh, asexual. They live in Paris. And I, I wanted to talk about this particular thing within that episode. And I feel like we did a good job of covering it. But again, all these things are nuanced and we're just, we're just learning. We're just figuring it out as we go. So maybe we didn't really quite touch it the way that we could have. But I did feel like coming out of that conversation with Elaine that I had a much more, a much more like solid grasp on asexuality. And, mm-hmm. and the part that I really appreciated about that conversation with uh, Elaine was touching on the touching on the like the way that we the way that society might want to look at reworking the the ways we approach the conversation surrounding like consent and intimacy with a new partner and so you know if in that episode with Alexandria we we accidentally framed it in a in a way that made it sound as though Oh, if you're asexual, then I guess like you would never really be able to have a meaningful relationship with someone who's allosexual. Even though I don't think that's a, that was what we were intending to do, um, I think that conversation with Elaine really helped me kind of formulate my my thoughts and and feelings around. Well, what can that look like between someone who's asexual and someone who's not? And those conversations about intimacy, like mm-hmm. how can you have those conversations? How can you reframe the way that you approach intimacy in that kind of setup? And so, yeah, I just feel really grateful that Elaine was willing to come on the show and, and help us kind of 
navigate further into the conversation surrounding asexuality. Because again, and I think I said this in that episode, it is, it is, asexuality is uh, a sexual orientation that just does not get the coverage or have the general understanding that something like, you know, someone who identifies as gay or lesbian does or bisexual or what have you. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to the person who wrote this email again, I don't want to like just out your name. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, really love the feedback. And with that, go check out that episode that came out earlier this week. Great, great conversation. We really loved it. We've got some amazing conversations in the pipeline coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and can't wait for you to hear, to hear them. In the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can uh, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or leave a, a rating on the Spotify mobile app. And um, for more episode discussions, come on over to our Discord. There's always chats happening in the Discord channels there. And we'd love to have you be a part of our little uh, budding uh, community. And, uh, and thanks everybody who uh, continues to join our Discord and, 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 and contribute to those episode discussions. And if you want to be a guest on the show or to recommend some, uh, somebody to be on the show, then go over to our website, sickboypodcast.com. <clears throat> Click on the nice button there and uh, fill out the application form. And thanks, as always, to the folks who helped make this show possible. Uh, Jeff Lonis, thank you so much. And Rich O'Coin, uh, your music is amazing and we love you. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.